Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And uh, that just might entitle you to one of this week's the Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. Ah, probably not. It's a little tougher than that to get a uh, commendation, isn't it? All right. I do want to commend, though, the Los Angeles Dodgers. On Wednesday, the L.A. Dodgers renewed contracts for pre-arbitration players Michael Grove and Andrew Tolls. Now, that might sound like a routine piece of baseball business printed in tiny black and white below the more attention-grabbing headlines. Not in this case. Particular, this particular renewal involved one young star and one young man who will more than likely never play baseball again. But in this often cruel business, that hasn't stopped the Dodgers from paying attention to him and sending love his way. The 30-year-old Tolls, a lot of you may remember him, he was a core playoff starter in 2016. He hit 462 in the NLCS. In 2017, he hit 271, and um, he was only in 31 games. But even then, it was likely he was battling unseen demons, which can affect anyone from your happiest friends to someone performing exceptionally on a national stage. Tolls tore his ACL on May 19, 2017, and was unable to recover his kind of swing, his power stroke, when he returned healthy for the season 2018. At least he was physically healthy. He failed to report to spring training on time in 2019, ultimately leaving the team. The year prior, unbeknownst to anyone, he'd been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, and he opted to spend time with his family rather than try to rehabilitate his injuries and find his swing. Since then, things have only gone further downhill. Tolls was arrested in 2020 for sleeping behind a Florida airport and continues to battle his issues far away from the spotlight. But the Dodgers haven't let him go. Last year, they renewed his contract so he could maintain access to mental health services. In a sport overflowing with ruthlessness, with bad publicity, there's still room for some organizational empathy. And with a payroll as high as the Dodgers, I think it's incredibly admirable that they've still carved out a slice of kindness to help Andrew Tolls in uh, any way they can. But that was really nice. I must commend Delaney Dennis, an 11-year-old from Tampa, Florida. He is not just an 11-year-old, but he is an 11-year-old animal advocate that has raised a whopping $61,000 through a lemonade stand. I'm not joking with you. 
He's the founder of a lemonade stand that, since 2019, has raised more than $60,000 for local animal rescues in the Tampa Bay area. He said, I believe that somewhere out there, animals have a forever home. If you buy a lemonade, you can help the animals. He came up with the idea to sell lemonade to raise money for animals at the age of seven. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I miss, I assumed Delaney was a boy's name. It, it, it's a girl's name, so I apologize. I see it's a she. Sorry about that. I uh, Sometimes my I, I write these notes so hastily that I uh, don't take note of the appropriate gender. Well. Uh, even more commendable for young Delaney Davis. So, Dennis, Delaney Dennis. I didn't mean to misname her and misgender her. Apologies all around. Boy, this is some commendation she got. It's one I wish she, uh, she'd just as soon send back. I want to commend um, an off-duty pilot who did something extraordinary. A pilot from another airline helped land a Southwest flight after the captain on that flight fell ill. He helped land the Southwest Airlines flight that left early Wednesday from Las Vegas after its captain became incapacitated and required medical attention. According to the airline and radio traffic data, this surprised a lot of the passengers that were on board who had no clue that a pilot had fallen ill. See, what happened was this. Southwest Flight 6013. Isn't this like the the plot to the movie Airplane? And to some extent, even Airport, but really more Airplane. That's one of the few movies, by the way, where the parody is actually better than the movie that it's parody. Southwest Flight 6013 had taken off just after 6.30 in the morning, bound for Columbus, Ohio, according to the flight tracking uh, site Flight Aware. While it was airborne, one of its pilots needed medical attention. We don't know the details of his health issue, but it was serious. So in radio traffic archived by the website Live ATC, a person says the captain had started to feel stomach pain and then fainted or became incapacitated about five minutes later. This really is the movie Airplane. The person says the captain came back around 60 seconds later and was being looked after in the back of the plane. We need to get him in an ambulance immediately, the person says. Las Vegas resident Diane McGlinchey, who was on the flight with her husband, said she didn't notice any panic when crew members initially went on the plane's PA system to ask whether medical personnel were on board. A passenger sitting up front who said she was a nurse put on her call light to help. She said she and her husband had been in the back of the plane and didn't notice it was the pilot who needed aid, but said she knew the ill person was with the nurse in her row. The crew calmly just would give us an update saying we're going to go back to Las Vegas. We have a medical emergency. Meanwhile, A credentialed pilot from another airline was on board as a passenger, entered the flight deck and assisted with radio communication as the second Southwest pilot flew the aircraft. I mean, I think this is really impressive. Uh, We don't have the other pilot's name. Otherwise, I would give him a commendation 
by name, but uh, I think that's great. Really great job on the part of the crew as well, not panicking the passengers. I mean, can you imagine if they if the passengers would have known that the pilot has passed out and is in dire need of an ambulance while he's flying the plane? It's liable to make at least somebody on that plane go crazy. So hats off to everybody involved. I want to give a commendation to Laxman Narasmus. I don't know how to pronounce this name. The new CEO of Starbucks, Laxman Narasimhan. I'm going to go with that, Narasimhan. He's doing something very interesting. He is going to start pulling in shifts as a barista. I love this. So uh, this is similar to what the new... This is like a, a little bit like the undercover boss era. I mentioned how the new chairman or, or the new uh, yeah, the chairman of the Taxi and Limousine Commission in New York City is going to be driving a cab. Well, this guy's doing the same thing. He's going to be going and working as a barista. He's going to earn his barista certification, which requires 40 hours of training in stores. And he's actually going to be working. So you go to a Starbucks, the next guy pouring you your coffee could be the CEO of the company. So be nice to them. Tip well. But uh, I love this. You know, at our company, uh, John Katsimatidis knows what it's like to do what I do because he's a talk show host as well. He's doing what I do every day. I think this is great. I think when you're the boss... I think it's a wonderful thing to get down there in the trenches and do what um, what sort of those of us that are in the the lower echelons of the of the chain are doing Uh, years ago. Yeah, I guess now it's two and a half years ago. Our president, Chad Lopez, we didn't have a program director. We didn't have a, uh, a phone screener. So he said to the program director at the time, not the person who's there now, but somebody else said to the program director at the time, Frank should have a phone screener. Can you get someone tonight? And the program director says, I'm going to try. And he says, all right, well, if you can't get someone to come in tonight, I will come in and do the phone screening. And you know what he did? Turned out not to be a very good phone screener, but it did give him an appreciation for what it's like to do what we do, deal with crazy callers who want to curse at you and uh, deal with callers that uh, refuse to turn their radio down. So um, I'm all for this. I wish the boss at every company would do something like this. I want to commend a good Samaritan in Colorado who scaled a three-story building to rescue a neighbor who was suffering an asthma attack during a fire last Saturday. This is tremendous. Uh, Dewey Parker says the neighbor was all alone in his apartment and he saw someone in trouble. His adrenaline just took over. We saw the fire going on and noticed a guy on the third floor was having a hard time breathing. He had an inhaler in his hand, couldn't even stand up. Somebody else told the EMTs and they went up, but the door was locked. He needed a hand. So he just, he decided to scale up to the third floor off the balconies and unlock the door. He was able to reach. He said it was scary. I mean, imagine that. It's tough to scale a three-story building as it is. Imagine doing it while it's on fire. 
Oh, my goodness. This guy's a real hero. I hope he gets the keys to the city or, or something. So, um, Dewey Parker, you are a hero, and I do commend you. Similarly, I want to commend the best super, the best building super in America, and that's Chris Crouch of Brooklyn. Um, this building super in a building that was on fire, very similar to the other story. He leapt into action and saved three young children from a burning third-floor apartment in Brooklyn on Friday. I mean, how cool is this? He told the New York Post he heard a whoosh of flames burst through the windows of the East New York apartment around noon, followed by a man frantically screaming, screaming, help. We kicked the door open and tried to go up the stairs, but there was too much stuff blocking the stairs. Crouch, who was in the backyard when the blaze began, teamed up with another man from the neighborhood to save the youngsters. He got up to the second floor window and had the tot's dad hand the kids down from the third floor. Wow. Thankfully, the children were all okay. And the dad wanted to throw the kids out the window. Everyone yelled, don't throw them. If he threw them, you're going to end up with a dead baby. I mean... This is extraordinary. The parents have eight kids. Four of them were in the building while the rest were at school at the time of the fire. And the ones who had to be rescued were ages 10 months, three years old, and four years old. This building super is a real hero. You know, so often, you know, I got the question, and and it's, I don't want to say it's haunted me, but I've thought about it ever since. I got the question on Ask Frank Anything maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. If the bill, if the house is on fire and you can only save Rachel, your son, who are you saving? And I hate to envision a scenario like that, but um, you know, you hear that and you think, oh, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Well, you listen to the two stories that I just told you about. These things do happen, and it's a time for real life heroes to uh, to rise to their occasion, as Chris Crouch did and as Dewey Parker did. I want to commend a Nebraska-based coffee chain by the name of Scooters, which is based in Omaha, Nebraska. They have broken a Guinness World Record by baking the world's largest cake ball. That's right. They've assembled an 848-pound cake ball in celebration of the 25th anniversary. Scooter's Coffee in Omaha. Officials said the uh, attempted Guinness World Record, the, they attempted the Guinness World Record to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the chain's founding in Bellevue. The resulting cake ball weighed in at 848 pounds, beating the record of 628 pounds set by England's Sheffield Wednesday Football Club back in 2017. I wonder how it tastes. You have to think they're taking some liberties with measurements and things like that. I'd still be curious to try it. Imagine all the people that could feed. I wonder what they're going to do with it. Is it going to stay permanently on display somewhere? Or they're going to take all the homeless people in Nebraska and say, Hey, let them eat cake ball. I want to commend the state of Ohio, the Buckeye State, first in flight. Apparently... It has been ranked by The Motley Fool, the website, 
as the best state for retirees in 2023. I have to say, this did surprise me because I've read studies like this before and they they almost always pick Florida as the best state to retire. And there are some things that are often associated with great places to retire. Warm weather, lots to do, access to good health care, and those were all taken into account. But those are only a few of the things that retirees look at when deciding where to live. Housing costs is one of the main factors, which isn't surprising given how much home values and mortgage rates and rent prices have increased in recent years. So they looked at a whole bunch of factors, including quality of life, housing costs, health care quality, crime rate, and health care cost. And interestingly, if you take all these into account, Ohio is the number one state to retire in 2023. In most categories, Ohio ranks near the middle of the pack. It's 24th when it comes to state and local taxes, 19th when it comes to violent crime rates, 28th in health care, 26th in average temperature. However, Ohio excels tremendously in one area. Well, a few areas, but in cost of living. It has the eighth lowest home values in the United States, and the overall cost of living index in Ohio is the seventh lowest. In a nutshell, Ohio is, according to The Motley Fool, a well-rounded retirement destination at a bargain price. I have been to Ohio, and I had a good time there. I liked it. I visited James James Garfield's uh, house where he lived, and I believe he's buried there as well. So his death mask, bought a mug, which my wife broke, which thankfully Margot Katzmatidis replaced, which I then broke again, which I think then Ellen replaced. And um, uh, although Ohio was number one overall, if you're curious about the states that did well in other areas, quality of life, the number one state was a tie between Hawaii and Massachusetts, affordability, West Virginia, cost of living, Mississippi, health care, Minnesota, crime rate, Maine, low taxes, Alaska, and weather, no surprise here, Hawaii. And um, I have to commend Flash Shelton. Flash Shelton has outsquatted the squatters. A handyman was able to get revenge on squatters who moved into his mother's house by showing up with guns and squatting there himself. So he posted a video about his success in removing the squatters from his mom's home in less than a day. He said if they could take a house, then I could take a house. Shelton, who is a member of the United Handyman Association, said they're the squatter and they have rights. Well, then if I become the squatter on the squatter, then I should have rights, right? He posted a video about his experience removing the squatters from his mom's home. It's really something to watch. You could just type in Flash Shelton and it comes right up. In fact, I'm going to post it on my Facebook uh, page in a minute at Facebook.com slash MoranoFan. More than 13,000 people have commented on his video since he posted. I say good for this guy. According to Shelton, several months ago, a family of squatters broke into his mother's vacant home and began living there. He said his dad had recently passed away and they put the home up for rent since his mother couldn't live there alone. And a woman who told Shelton she was a prison guard asked to rent the home, but he refused as she said she had no money or credit. But that didn't stop her. 
as he later learned a truckload of belongings had been brought to the house. House, She said that it was delivered by accident and she was getting rid of it. But that was a lie. Shelton later found out from friends and realtors that the house was full of people and furniture. He called the, the police and the police were not helpful. They basically said, you know, I'm sorry, but we can't enter the house. And it looks like they're living there, so you need to go through the courts. So he said he was unfamiliar with squatters' right stories, but he didn't know he wouldn't have to deal with the situation personally. And meaning he was familiar with squatters' rights, but he didn't know he would have to deal with this personally. So he decided to become a squatter himself, and it worked. And then finally, I want to give a very special commendation to not only my um, wife, Rachel, who's celebrating her birthday today, but to my Aunt Madeline, who is also celebrating her birthday today. And uh, she happens to be my godmother as well. So she and I have always been very close since the time that I was born. And uh, the only thing that, uh, that I regret is that I don't get to see her more because she lives in Pennsylvania, but I'm looking forward to seeing her on Good Friday. I am going to be off on Good Friday, by the way, uh, because I will be making the trip out to uh, to Pennsylvania. All right. Uh, that concludes this week's edition of Commendations. If there's anybody that you want to comment on, anything you want to say, in light of the commendations that I just brought to your attention, you're welcome to call me, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.